Welcome to the MFR Coaches Podcast, where we talk about how you can create a six-figure MFR practice. I'm your host, Heather Hommel. Not only have I been practicing MFR for 11 years, I'm also a life and business coach, especially for MFR therapists. My goal is for you to understand how to get fully booked, how to talk to your clients, and how to make sure they understand what's possible for them with MFR treatment. I'm here to help you stop under earning, overworking, and burning out. I'll lend support so you can create the MFR practice you've always wanted. Learn how you can do it too, even if you live in a tiny town, and even if you're just starting out, and even if you've ran your practice for years. Let's go. Hey, everybody, and welcome back to another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by the MFR Coaches Group Coaching Program where you'll be able to enroll for the next group in January, the last week of January. So if you are not on my email list, get on my email list, www.themfrcoach.com backslash waitlist. And open enrollment is going to be January 23rd through January 28th. I'll see you there. Group will kick off February 7th. Today, we are going to talk to my special guest, Kristen Ponzi. Kristen Ponzi is a myofascial release therapist, massage therapist, and the owner of Essence Body Work in Westerville, Ohio. And you can check out her website at essencebodywork.com. Kristen, welcome to the program. I'm super excited you are here to talk to us. How are you? Hi, Heather. I'm good. Thanks for having me. I'm super excited to share my story. Awesome. Okay. So when Kristen came to me, did you do Raise Your Rate Bootcamp? Is that how you came in? No, I just missed it. You just missed it. Okay. So how did you find group coaching? What was going on in your life and your business then that brought you in? So I felt like my business was running me. Mm. I was really burnt out. I was just underpaid for sure. I didn't feel confident enough to make some of the really big decisions. And there was a handful of therapists in Ohio that had been through coaching with you. And I saw what they were doing. And I just knew if they could do it, I could do it too. Why not? I love it. We've talked about this before. So this is not news to me, but you were really close to closing your practice when you decided to come in to coaching. I was. I was feeling so burnt out and underpaid that I I didn't know if it was possible to get out of what I was feeling. So I had another year and a half left on my lease. I'll either ride that out and then figure out a plan or tell my landlord ahead of time and let him fill it if he filled it early. I was literally making a plan. A I didn't away. know what else to do. And then I was so sad. I was heartbroken because I loved what I did. And I loved what I did for so long. And then dealing with a family crisis at the end of 2021 just left me feeling kind of in survival mode still. Mm -hmm. And so I was so sad. Like I've been a massage therapist for 20 years. I loved it. And then when I found MFR, I was like, oh my God, I want to do this the rest of my life. This is it for me. So I slowly kind of changed my business over and I was heartbroken. I was like, I can't believe like I don't love this anymore. I couldn't believe that I was in that space. Yeah. And then we did like 
it was supposed to be a Zoom call, and I was the only one there of informational, like, is coaching right for you call right after you had done that Razor Rate Boot Camp that I missed. And I don't know, we were, I was sobbing. Like, everyone talked about crying during coaching. I got all mine out of the way there. I, think. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. <laughs> I remember now. So we were on a Zoom call. Yes. And I typically do, like, a question answer zoom and they're so hit or miss like there'll be people on them or there won't so we, we kind of lucked out it was just you and me so we just got to right. talk to each other so that was fun yeah. what would you say your journey has been since your first round of coaching some of it started once i made that commitment i was like okay i'm gonna do this i know i'm probably gonna end up making a big rate increase i know that you know i'm gonna make some changes. And so I, I think maybe I started listening to the podcast then. So it was about a month before coaching. So you didn't and even know about the podcast. I think maybe I'd seen it in passing, but I hadn't been listening to it yet. Okay. I'd seen some of your posts. I knew some friends that had gone through your program. So I started listening to the podcast and then I started gathering some numbers of where I was. Mm-hmm. And then I was really mad. Why? I was mad because I was started doing this research and I found this one site that was talking about, you know, the sites are like average pay for certain types of jobs. And of the massage therapist, I was in the bottom 25% mm. of what I was paying myself. And I was so mad because I had been doing this for 20 years already. Like, mm-hmm. why am I not making any more money? You know, I hadn't really paid myself any more last year than I did seven years ago. I was like, this is not working for me. Like, this is not working. I need help. Oh, we were talking earlier before we started recording and you were saying one of your thoughts when you became a massage therapist was like, you weren't in it for the money. Right. I had that repeating, like, it's more about being happy and I love my job. And I did, but then I also wasn't making a lot of money. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which makes it, it's like, you can have have a love for something for a while, but if it's not also nurturing all the areas that you need it to nurture, such as your wallet, <laughs> it's like eventually you lose the love for it. Right. Life. Yeah. I want to go back for a minute and just mention for anyone that's listening to this and for you too, Kristen, to hear this, that you are not alone, like where you were in the despair and the sadness of thinking you had to walk away, making the plan to walk away. Like you're not alone. That's one of the reasons I started doing what I do because I could see so many amazing therapists who I'd been watching my whole MFR career, like burning out and not doing it anymore. And I was just like, what is happening? Right. And then you talk to everybody and everyone the majority of therapists are severely undercharging, under-earning, and just setting themselves up to burnout or they're overworking to make enough money. And that's just not the way we need to be doing this. So I was like, I'm tired of this. I am going to help change the way this is going if I can, if it's at all possible. So I love that you found coaching and that you got in here. And it really was just like word of mouth. It didn't take you having to follow me on social media for a long time. You probably didn't read my book. Like you weren't listening to the podcast. I just love that. That was so good. No, it was a hell yes. I love it. Like you say, is it yes or no? And I was like, I have to do this. My husband, he was like, you have to do this. I was like, I know. 
when you know, you know. Okay. So you got in, you knew you were going to have to start, like you had a transformation just to get signing up and paying for coaching. And then you're like, okay, I'm going to need to make a price increase and change the way I'm kind of functioning in my business. After you figured out your price increase, like what happened to you? Where did your thoughts go? What was it like? Was it easy? Was it hard? Well, I think like everybody had freaked out for a while Mm -hmm. until... You know, once you just continue to say, this is my price and take the emotional part out of it, then it's the news, Mm -hmm. like you say. But I think, you know, like going back to when I committed to coaching and I was like, you know what? I want to start talking to my clients, like what results do they really want? Mm -hmm. Like I've been seeing a lot of people for a long time. Like, you know, where are you? Like, what do you want from treatment? Like, what's your goal today? And so I started talking to current clients about that. And asking more questions, because that was a piece that I feel like with my fascia release, I've always still kind of struggled with about talking about it and how to talk about my fascia release in a way that makes clients understand, because I always came from the perspective of over-explaining what fashion my fascia release is versus what results are possible. Mm. So then I started thinking about that more and just talking to clients more. And then I felt like I was already starting to get better results with the clients I was working with and new clients coming in over the summertime. That was even before coaching started. Yeah. That's so fun. But you had access to like the course portal. Were you looking at stuff in there or were you using the content? I started to a little bit. I started with the model that you teach and doing some brain dumps around some things to like clear some of the cobwebs out of my head, which was helpful. And then Once we got into setting rates, like I kind of devoured all the coaching stuff I could for about a week and a half Mm -hmm. because I really wanted to figure out my numbers and my rate. And, you know, it's also kind of that person like, guys, paid this much money for this. I'm going to get as much out of it as I can, which I'm still doing again this round. But those first couple of weeks, it was like nine days listening to coaching. (laughs) and crunching numbers and doing personal finance stuff because we were trying to do some of that too with the financial advisor. Mm -hmm. It was just a crazy week. And then I was like, well, there's my number. And then I had to do my brain thought work around that. Mm -hmm. What was that that like? Well, it kind of went back and forth. The number that I decided on was like, oh yeah, this is it. And then my brain wanted to just say, but what about this? But what about this situation? But what about this person? But what about this old client? Mm -hmm. And insert all of those to make me try to doubt myself. Yeah. Because what was your thought about your rate before? I think you mentioned you really felt like you had kind of tied your rate to your personal worth, right? Yes. and I felt like I struggled with self-worth issues and self-confidence for a long time. And I, I don't know if I worth it to charge that much. And mm-hmm. it was meaning a lot about me personally. Mm-hmm. And I don't remember what it was you said in coaching because it was a couple months ago now, but something clicked with me. You probably just said exactly the rate that you charge is not determine your personal self-worth. That was probably exactly what you said to me. Mm-hmm. It's just not related. Yeah. And I was like, oh, it's not. And I was like done with it. 
I love that. And I've been doing like talk therapy and trying to work through some of that as well. Mm-hmm. And I was done with that. Like, oh, That's it's good. not. I think there's so much value in talk therapy too, but there's something about coaching where someone else can like show you what your brain is doing. And then you can be like, oh, that is what it's doing. That's totally optional. I like literally don't have to think that way anymore or believe that way anymore. Or if that's not available, I'm just going to have like this awareness around this thought and belief that's coming up because beliefs are just practice thoughts that you have over and over again that go unquestioned. So for everybody that's listening, when you are tying your rate to your own self-worth, just imagine if you didn't do that. (laughs) What would you be able to charge if it had nothing to do with your own personal value? And that your rate that you charge should really be based on a lot of factual information and also like what you want to be making. And that's it. Base it on the facts and the value that you provide to your clients and what you want to be making. And also consider how many hours do you want to work a week? Take all that into account before you just come up with some rando number or decide to charge what someone else is charging, right? It varies wildly in our groups, like what people charge. Absolutely. And we all have different kinds of businesses and how much we each want to work. Like I've determined that 14 clients a week is what's right for me. And my was that a surprise to you when you came up with that number? No, that was pretty. I was like, oh, yeah, this is what feels good. And I look at my schedule. I don't want to see more than four people a day. I can. I don't want to. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that's, that's so okay. good. Yeah, it's totally okay. Most people think they need to be really busy in order to be successful. And really busy means like more is more is more, more clients, more money. But there's a trade off for that. If you don't feel good when you see more than four people a day, how is the time outside of work going to be affected <laughs> just to make a little right. extra money. Yeah. And then there was always the story before of, well, this is your rate. So if you want to make more money, you have to work more. You have to hustle more. Mm-hmm. That's not completely true. Yeah. I mean, I'm still working hard. I feel like I put maybe more energy into sessions now just from a I'm super present. I'm trying to get really clear on what we're trying to achieve and how to best get to those results and making sure clients understand the process. And don't you think like you're much more clear on what the process is? You're much more clear on the outcomes you want to provide for your clients because you've taken the time to figure out what's possible in that realm. You're more like connected to the client, asking more curious questions and like really being present for what they want which forces them to be more present for what they want, right? Because they don't just get to just pull up, take their clothes off and throw themselves down on the table. Like they've got to interact with you. Yes. Do you want me to go on back? No, just have a seat. We're going to chat first. Yeah. And how has that changed your relationship and your connectedness with your clients? I feel like, you know, we're getting great results. You know, if I'm giving them self-care, are listening and actually doing it more. You know, when we talk about like, well, what do you want to achieve? And this is maybe how we do it is you might have to come in more frequently. Things like that. It just, it's more well-received, I Mm. think, by them. And I'm confident in saying that now. 
I because I, I can also remember a time when I'd be like, well, you know, what is your budget and your time allow mm-hmm. for you to receive treatment instead of saying, hey, this is how we get your results. Yeah. I don't know how long it's going to take, but we need to have at least this many sessions. Yeah. I think that's really powerful. Just being able to say like, this is how we get you to where you want to go and offering that at all versus leaving it up to the client because you really just want the client to make a decision and feel empowered to make their own decisions, right? You're actually disempowering them by doing that because they're not the expert in the room. (laughs) So for anyone listening, like when you are the MFR therapist, you are the expert in that room between you and your patient and you should be offering them a plan of care or some guidance into how they get the results they want. It takes some confidence on the part of the MFR therapist to be able to do that. So good for you for getting there. Also the realization that that's available, even as a newer therapist, Mm -hmm. the people that are in our current coaching group that just started their businesses. I mean, that's available to them too now. And how fun to start your business like that, rather than wait years to learn how. I mean, I was dumbfounded when someone told me that you should know, like, what is your expertise? Like, how do you get them the result? Like, what results do they get? And I was like, what? I've like never thought of that before. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Guess I'll have to figure that out. Right. And just thinking, putting any effort into it at all helps you come up with how you talk to your patients and like how you want them to show up for you, how it goes. And you just inform them how to show up and how to behave. And then eventually everybody's doing it. It's just very amazing. Yeah. It was like, oh my gosh, Heather, where was she like 10 years ago? Trying to figure this shit out so that I can teach you guys now. (laughs) So then when somebody in our our last group was like, I don't know if I should be here or not. I was like, oh my gosh, don't you leave. You are exactly in the right place. Because if this had existed when I started my business, I would have totally jumped on it. And I wouldn't have had to like fix all these things or change things or it just started this way from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I was like, oh, what? We should have had this from the beginning. Okay. When you came in, so you you said some of your goals were to like raise your rate, work on your policies, take more control over your schedule and just like your business in general and stop yourself from burning out. Yes. Where are you at in that list with all those things? Well, I definitely do not feel burnout anymore. Am I busy? Yeah, I'm busy and I work, but I don't have that looming sense, that big cloud hanging over me Mm -hmm. when I think about work. I've made like some of my, like I said, my rate change right away and some policy changes, cancellation policies and things like that, opening up my online schedule, letting go of that because I wanted to kind of hang on control of some of Yeah, what was your objection to having online scheduling? I just wanted the control over that because then I had to set like a weekly schedule. And I was like, oh, but I like to be flexible. And it was like, no, just set a schedule. Just set a schedule and be done with it. And now I'm booked eight weeks out. I love that. I just want to needle in there on the idea that you have more flexibility without online scheduling. Is that even true? Or do you feel like you can still be flexible and now you actually know what to do every day? So you spend your time better? Right. Yeah. It was just, it's just silly letting it go. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. It was just silly. Tell me more about like your policy changes. What didn't you have in place that you have in place now 
that's making a difference? Well, you know, cancellation policy where I would actually charge people. I mean, I got a little bit better about that over the last couple of years after COVID, but then I increased it from 24 hours to 48 hours recently. Mm-hmm. So people give me warm notice so I could get someone else in to fill that spot because that's my income. Yeah. You don't show up on me and you don't pay a no-show fee or give me an opportunity to refill that spot with another client. And you're robbing someone else of a, a time that mm-hmm. they could come in for healing. Well, and really, like if you're the therapist and you don't give yourself enough time for the notice, right? Like if you create a policy that creates the inability for you to have time to fill that, you're robbing yourself and you're robbing the next client, right? Yeah. Because clients are going to cancel on us. That's just part of doing the business that we do. <laughs> Humans yeah. are going to cancel. Yeah. So now you have 48 and, hours. Are you able to usually fill those spots then or like decide what you want to do with that time well in advance so it's not hurting your feelings or making it <laughs> a problem? Yes. You know, I had a couple cancellations this week and mm-hmm. I looked through my wait list and contacted people. And then I was like, you know what? I'm just going to send out an email because I have more than one. And I had two spots open. I had five people call me and it's not going to be a problem moving forward. So having an extra 24 hours is just setting that boundary of like giving me more time so I don't have to scramble to do it. Mm-hmm. You know, another result that we didn't really talk about was, I forgot to mention, social media stuff. Like I had been wanting to do that and thinking about like, oh, I'd like to have like more of a social media presence and not knowing what to say, what to put out there through coaching, through some of the stuff that you've brought to us and you had a guest coach come in and she was really helpful and that just kind of clicked. And now I have, you know, social media stuff scheduled through the end of December already. And it comes so much easier and quicker. Like nothing feels overwhelming like it did. I love that. Like now you just know how to do it. You're just like, oh, I know what to say to my clients. I know how to talk to them. Yeah. I mean, I have a little plan written out for like the next three months. It's like, oh yeah, I'll do this, 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 this. This is easy. It's not a problem. And it doesn't take that much time anymore. Mm -hmm. Now that I know how to do it, that was another thing that I wanted to try and accomplish. Like I go back to my couple of friends that had done coaching before me and I I see them put stuff out and I'm like, oh, that's really great. And I like all their stuff every time. Mm -hmm. And now we send each other text messages about how people share our stuff. Yep. (laughs) You know, you're internet famous and people copy your stuff. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) That's so funny. Yeah. If you think about how you felt this time last year in your business and what was going on last year in your business, what was it like then? And what is it like now? Give us a little screenshot. I don't even know how to describe it. It's just so much better. It's back to feeling very meaningful. Mm. It doesn't feel like survival mode. Like, just in my business, it's surviving, it's fine. Mm-hmm. It's like this is meaningful work that we're doing. I feel like I'm helping people and I'm making money, which is gonna let me do the things that I wanna do. Mm-hmm. Like I wanna take a couple vacations next year. I wanna feel like I'm contributing to our family household stuff and not put all that burden on my husband, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. And not only that, I mean, what if you could out-earn him? Right. <laughs> we talked about that a little bit. Yeah. I think that would be fun. 
<laughs> he thinks that would be fun too. Yeah. He's like, that's not a problem. So we kind of talked about your numbers earlier. Do you want to share your numbers or do you want to just like talk about them in a general way? But it would be kind of fun to say like where you were this time last year and where you're at now. Yeah. Okay. I'll share that number. So for 2021, for the whole whole year, my revenue was 53,500 for the whole year. Okay. And so now we are mid November. And for this year, I've already made 61,400. And then my price increase did not go into effect until October. Oh, so So only like one month into your new price. Correct. Yes. (laughs) That's amazing. So I just want to point out, you still have a month and a half to go for the year. You're already just about 10K ahead of where you were last year. Do you feel like you're working less than you worked last year? Are you working more hours? Like what's the difference? I didn't look at those numbers. It's got to be pretty close. Mm -hmm. I think after the pandemic stuff, when I decided like, okay, I don't want to see more than four people Mm -hmm. a day. I kind of restricted my schedule a little bit. I might be seeing a few more people Mm -hmm. than I was last year. Just But is your schedule like more consistent where you're not just like being flexible and by flexible, it's like you're seeing eight people one day, two the next, one the next day, just like wherever people decided to get in. Yes. It's very consistent. That's awesome. And you said you were booked out eight weeks. Yes. What's that like? It's a little bit unbelievable. So probably still need some coaching around, like talking to clients, like, well, this is what it is. (laughs) Yeah. And getting them to realize that I told you last month to get online and schedule something. Why Mm -hmm. didn't you do that? Why are you waiting till now? Yeah. And some of that might have to come from you being even more, I'm going to coach you right now on the podcast, like (laughs) for you being willing to say the words more frequently to them. Hey, I'm booked out eight weeks almost consistently. So you don't want to wait until your next appointment to book with me, or you're going to wait a long period of time in between every appointment. So I can either get you booked out right now for your next six to 10 appointments or however many you want, or you can go home and go online, but that's going to be up to you. Just like really telling them how you want them to show up. Yeah. I definitely need to start doing that more now. Mm -hmm. So it's kind of exciting because it's, it's neat to look out of my schedule and then also look at some things of like, Oh, I have this new client. They're not scheduled for two weeks. If I get a cancellation, and I don't have anyone on a waiting list, which is not the case right now. But, you know, I can reach out to them and say, hey, this opened up. Do you want to come in earlier mm-hmm. and create that money now? Mm-hmm. And then when they come in, I'll say, oh, I left that other appointment on your schedule. You want to keep that one too, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I think when I talk to my clients now, I try to come in, talk to them like they're going to reschedule and it's not a problem. And yeah, we're going to get them some results and feeling better. And I don't know how that comes across to them, but I feel like I'm confident in saying those things that they are like, okay, yeah. Yeah. Well, I think too, like coercing them. (laughs) No, of course not. And I think too, like the more you're confident and like, it's just matter of fact, like, well, of course they're coming back. Like your thought is like, of course they're coming back. Yeah. That's all that's happening. Yeah. Why would you not want to come back for another session? 
Yeah. Well, imagine like, what is the experience for your client when that's your thought? Like, of course you're coming back versus what is the experience for the client when the therapist is like, what do you want to do? How are you feeling? Do you want to get back on my schedule or, or what? You know what I mean? Like, it's just so awkward for the client to carry that load. <laughs> right. And they don't know what it means and they don't know how this work can affect them. Like we've talked about, or maybe I was listening to another podcast or something about how sometimes they don't, don't feel anything when they're walking out the door that day, or sometimes yeah. they might feel a little worse. Or maybe they're worried about dinner or grocery shopping or what their husband said when they left for work. You know what I mean? Like yeah. our patients are complex humans. They're just as complex as we are. And when you think about all the crap you have going on in your own brain for your own staying in your own lane and they're in their lane, they come to you for help. They want help with a specific problem. They made it all the way to you. You might as well offer them all of the help that's possible for them. And then they get to decide together with you if they're going to buy into that or not. Right. And helping them along with that process. Unless I tell them they don't know what's available. Yeah, they don't. I mean, I've had a couple newer clients recently and I feel like they've just, by the time they get to be, they've just tried lots of things and they've got a lot of, layers of different things, whether it's physical and emotional or stuff that's been going on a long time. And I just want to be able to reassure them and tell them, I can help you. I love that. You have to stick with this for a a little bit of time. It might be four to six sessions at least. Mm -hmm. But I know I'm confident I can help you because part of it is, you know, maybe sharing a piece of my story of my myofascial release journey or just being honest with people and being able to be vulnerable when it comes to like, I know this might feel hard right now, but it can change. It can get better. Yeah. Especially if they've been told before that, oh, there's nothing else I can do for you. Yeah. Or you or have the medical worst case. Yeah. I just think about all of the or clients with like medical trauma is. coming to us and like nobody listens to them and you're the first person that listens to them. I know. Like when the person comes in the door and as soon as they sit down and I like ask them a real question and I'm like talking to them, they just start crying already. And they're like, I'm sorry. I don't know why I'm crying. I was like, this is maybe part of what's going on for you today. It's okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah, People like, cry in here all the time. This is what it's for. Yeah. This is what I do for a and living. Like, I signed up for this. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah. But like imagine the experience though for those clients where like it is just normal for them to be able to cry and to share fully what's going on. And then for the people that aren't as willing to do that or aren't as open, you're willing to do the heavy lifting of like asking really high value questions to really understand why they're there and to help them understand why they're there. Sometimes no one's ever asked them what they want. Yeah. And maybe my brain before never did either. Yeah, probably not. Most of us don't. Like we don't want to (laughs) cry. You know what I mean? Like we're so careful not to offend people all the time, almost to a fault where we like don't even understand what they're even coming to us for sometimes. Yeah. I tell people now, like when I ask you, how's it going today? What's going on with you? Like I want the real raw answer. Mm -hmm. Because if you gloss this over, you're taken away from your treatment. Yeah. Like if you're not honest with me and with yourself about what's going on with you right now, 
you might be limiting how much I can help you. Yeah. Today. Exactly. Well, what would you say to someone who's just finding the podcast, just hearing about group coaching? Like, what would you tell them? I would tell them that if you are thinking about it at all, that it would be probably one of the best investments you could make for your myofascial release business, for sure. Thank you. And I've been doing myofascial release for almost 14 years now. Mm-hmm. And I knew that this was the right choice for me, even at this stage, that I knew I could do so much better with the past couple months of coaching and seeing everybody's progress that they've made and, and learning how to celebrate our progress. Yeah, that's a big so one too. <laughs> valuable and it does so much in learning how to make your own decisions for your business without crowdsourcing them. And without even worrying about what everyone else is doing sometimes. Yeah, that's huge. I'm glad you brought that up because I think it's normal, like just human brain to get into a group or to not want to be in a group because you're afraid that you're not good enough to be there or like you're going to see what someone else is doing and then you're going to use that against yourself to feel bad or to feel like a failure. And we really do learn that in, I think, in this container that none of us are in competition with each other at all. And it only serves you to see other people winning so that you can decide that you can do it too. Yeah. And that's fun. Like it's a fun community. I feel like that we develop in every group has its own personality, but at the core of it is like everybody wanting everyone else to win, even when they're having a day where they're comparing and despairing or, you know, like things aren't going good in their business or they're having whatever they're crying in coaching. There's always crying and coaching too. So I think that's fun. What made you come back for another round? I just wasn't quite ready to be done yet. I wanted the support. I feel like it's still kind of implementing the changes that I got started with mm-hmm. the first round of coaching. And I was like, I, I just want the support to have that sounding board from you or the other coaching participants. And I didn't quite feel like I was 100% solid yet on all the changes I made and where I want to be. I wasn't to where I hadn't met my goal yet. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I like that. I I like the flexibility that your brain is giving you to where it's like, it's not a problem to come back from our coaching. And I actually have it set up. So like, it doesn't matter where you are in your business, you're going to get something out of coaching. And there's so much, I think, interaction and availability to be coached that you can get coached on anything you have going on in your life or your business, right? Like I'm your life coach for your life and your business because you're an MFR therapist. And so we'll coach on anything. I think to just reiterate to people that are listening that it doesn't matter how far you are into your business or how soon, like maybe you haven't even opened your doors yet. Like this is for you as long as you're an MFR therapist and as long as you want to and are open to feeling better in your business and changing it at all. We were kind of talking before we started recording about really looking at our business where you're at right now and figuring out what's working now that won't work later. And that's kind of a fun thing to do now that you have all of the things set up, like your rate, you're booked, like everything is going great. You've got your system set up, your policies, all of that. But now it's like, okay, what's next? And it's like, well, what's working now that's not going to work when you have a six-figure business, right? And like starting to explore all of that. And that's the stuff you get to do when you've got kind of this other stuff already handled 
that you'd take care of in like your first or second round of coaching. Right. Yeah. It's definitely like, oh, okay. Yeah. I need to start thinking of how to support that level of business because that's not where I've been. Yeah. And what I've been doing supports this. So yeah. it to that next level. Mm-hmm. So it's like you three, six months ago created the result that you have now. So who do you need to be now to create this next level result of six figures in 2023, which I'm sure you'll have no problem hitting. You have yourself completely set up for that. So it's like, is it going to take you 12 months or 18 months to hit that number? Probably closer to 12, but it's not a problem if it takes you 18. It's going to be an inevitable result. Right. And that was something else I learned in coaching. (laughs) What if it does take one more day? Right. Does it mean that I failed? No. Yeah. Just took one more day. Who cares? (laughs) Yes. Because didn't you just hit like an impossible goal? Well, last month and having a bunch of people on packages Mm -hmm. from their previous rate. And I still made what I would normally make in previous months Mm because I'd set a monetary goal. I was like, okay, this is kind of a stretch. We'll see if I get there. And I did. It -hmm. took me like an extra couple of days. Yeah. Does this count? Yes, it counts. Yeah. So I bought myself flowers. I love it. Yeah. And it's like, oh, if it takes you 13 months to make $100,000, are you going to be like pissed? No. Right. But our brain wants to tell us. Does it count? count. Yeah. We want to like discount the things and not make it count. That's why I forced you guys to look at everything. I'm like, okay, not only are we going to look at your money goals and things like that, that matters, but how well are you doing at like converting your clients to long-term clients? Because that's a key indicator of your success too. How comfortable are you on social media? That's also a key indicator. Do you have online booking? Like, are you able to be found? All of these levels of things add up to the bigger goal. And yes, the financial one is a huge side effect of having all of that other stuff in place. And yes, it's fun to have the financial goals. That doesn't always do anything. Like for some people, that doesn't mean anything to them. But most people, after we have a short discussion on their money story, like the financial part of it does start to become exciting and fun and not like this ogre in the room or this bad thing that maybe they've been taught their entire life that they shouldn't want. So, right. Yeah. It's fun to see everybody start to become high income earners instead of under earners in the lowest bracket. That's not where we should be. Like you guys are like an elite set of human being therapists that should be making an elite amount of money, in my opinion. (laughs) Well, and we're doing this great work. That's a specialty. We invest a lot of time and money into learning myofascial release to begin with. Yeah. So we have to learn this business part. We we weren't all taught it. People were taught how to do business and the varying degrees. And I'm just happy to be able to do better. Yeah. It's fun too, don't you think? Yeah. Now. Yeah. Now it's fun. (laughs) That's the thing too. Like if you're not having fun in your business, like come in here (laughs) because we're, I'm going to make you have fun. Go get coached. Yes. It's super helpful. I drug a friend in this time for this round. Yeah, it's good. Yeah. We have multiple people from Ohio in the group and we have multiple people in the group from Virginia. It's so funny. Like 
the groupings of people that come in and either they know each other or they don't know each other. Like a lot of it is coincidental, but it's fun. And then you guys make lifelong friends. There's a whole bunch of you guys that are going to meet in Delaware and have a meal together while you're at seminars. I just love the fostering of relationships that maybe nobody would have had because you guys met here. Now, you know, you can like meet in in community, like at MFR seminars and stuff. And that's just really fun to see too. Yeah. Yeah, We'll wear our little MFR coach shirts. I love it. I hope you guys send me a picture. (laughs) We will. All right. So everybody can find you at essencebodywork.com. And then is it the same handles on social media? On Facebook, it's Essence Bodywork. Okay. Yeah. And then on Instagram, it's essencebodywork.mfr. Okay. Awesome. So everybody follow Kristen. She makes really good social media posts. (laughs) Some people even copy her. We're just taking it as a compliment. All right. Thank you so much for joining us today. And I will see you next week in coaching. And I'll see everybody else next week on another episode of the MFR Coaches Podcast. Just a reminder, get on my email list, www.themfrcoach.com backslash waitlist. See you all next week. Bye. Thanks for joining me today. My goal is to help all MFR therapists stop under earning and burning out. I have several resources available for you. Read my book, The MFR Coach's Guide to Having Your Own MFR Business, available on Amazon and at Advanced John Barnes MFR Seminars. Keep listening to the podcast. I'll always have fresh content each and every week. Join my group coaching program. Enrollment opens four times per year. We take all the information I teach and lay down the foundation for your six-figure MFR business. It's more than just raising rates, but you'll make that the hardest part. Then expand into the business owner who delivers your rate like it's just the news and who can sell MFR to anyone in any situation. I'll show you how. Get on my email list, follow me on social media at the MFR coach, and visit my website for more information on group enrollment, themfrcoach.com. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next week.